at law school, corporate clerkship recruitment is considered especially heinous. Some of the dedicated lawyers who have survived this vicious process are members of an elite squad known as Allens. These are their stories. I'm Rosanna. And I'm Geneva. And we're both junior lawyers in the competition team at Allens. And as promised, we are bringing you our newest episode of Allens Confidential. The podcast in which we tell you what it's really like to work at Allens by talking to some of our friends and colleagues. Absolutely. So today we're going to be talking to Victoria Holthouse, who's a partner in the property and development team, and also Anthony Tridgell, who's an associate in projects and development. So let's get right into it. We thought we'd start with something really hard-hitting, real journalism. Right. This is a podcast. What kind of podcast do you listen to? Ah, okay. Well, I like to think my podcasts fall into worthy category and unworthy category. <laughs> so the worthy category, which I'm listening to right at the moment, is slow burn. And I've gone through the Nixon impeachment and now I'm into the Clinton impeachment, so I'm quite <laughs> interested in that. Um, unworthy category, I have to say, cry laughing, driving off the road, my dad wrote a porno. <laughs> such a good one. It's going back soon. Is it? Really? Yeah, yeah. It must be about Series 6. Yeah. How many times can Belinda blink, I have to ask? <laughs> we actually thought about taking some inspiration from that podcast for this one and then thought, you know what, perhaps not. That could be a potentially career-limiting move. <laughs> Is that the right tone? Potentially. Yeah. <laughs> How about you, Tridge? Uh, so, look, my, my podcast choices are probably going to out me as a bit of a closet nerd. Uh, I am. I actually, am, that's not a closet nerd, to be fair. That's, I'm, I'm very much outed. Okay. Uh, <laughs> no, things like, look, Freakonomics, uh, 99% Invisible, which is about architecture and design. Uh, NASA's got a great podcast. It's called Houston. We have a podcast. We have a podcast. Uh, <laughs> there's uh, and and Energy Insiders, which is one by Renewal Economy, which is about renewable renewable energy and things like that in Australia, which is which is always good. Uh, so, That's very career oriented. Yeah. It is. It is a little bit. I, I feel I need to lift my game a little bit. Um, I also know though that you listen to Malcolm Gladwell, and so do I. I do. I, I do, do think. I do think the one he did in series two about the McDonald's French fries went a bit off piece, though. I thought that was a bit. I'm just trying to find myself some tallow. I want to fry up some stuff from uh, some <laughs> some original McDonald's French fries at home. Uh, I'll have to Before buy the fryer. Time, have to, yeah. Yes, yes. No, I haven't had the privilege of uh, of, of uh, enjoying some pre 1990s uh, French fries. So, <laughs> All right, well, thank you for not. dating me in that in that, uh, <laughs> that smooth way, Tridge. That's great. Really subtle. I like it. Mm. Yeah, I confess that when you first said thank you for dating me that smooth way, I was like, whoa, <laughs> bold move. <laughs> oh, no, wait, I get it. <laughs> We're with you. Yeah. Uh, so I guess part of the point of, of today in the podcast is we'd like to get to know you guys a little bit more and hear about your journey to Allen's. Um, I know, Victoria, that you started your career with a real flourish with the property law at university. <laughs> so maybe you want to share that story and how you just always knew that you would be a property lawyer. Yeah, sure. Um, Jen, look, thank you very much for raising that story. I'm yep. glad to share it with all the listeners. Um, look, I came to Allen's because Allen's offered me a job and that was surprising, <laughs> uh, not least because the first place that I was I was put at Allen's was what was then called property. Now, that was surprising because I think I'd written on my list of preferences, I don't mind, but not property. <laughs> and the reason I had said not property is because real property, uh, which in those days was a 100% closed book exam, was my all-time actual worst mark. So I actually only know 51% of what <laughs> I should know in real property because that was my result, 51%. <laughs> so I recognised the cosmic joke when it landed on me when I got placed in in real estate. Um, I did an arts degree, then I did um, a combined degree, 
did law, did okay, except for real property. <laughs> anyway, I'm delighted now to be a, a partner in the real estate and development team. Well, great. <laughs> a very logical journey. Absolutely. That's right. <laughs> but on the other hand, it just gives all of us hope. <laughs> no, <laughs> we be, can make it. Whereas to be fair, we actually expect better than, than, than what I delivered when I was a student. And I'm pleased to say that, in fact, we do get better than that. So well, My yeah. worst ever mark was contracts. So I don't know how well that goes because that's kind of an every team yeah, it is. it's kind of a building corporations block, law, which wasn't also ideal, but how are we okay, well, <laughs> I know we slipped through the cracks somehow. <laughs> Actually, I did have a funny story from another friend of mine who clerked with us who had a similar experience where he walked into the interview and had, I think, a 50 in criminal law and got through the whole interview totally fine. And at the very end, the partner who was interviewing him said, oh, look, we just probably should talk about this 50 that you got in criminal law just before you go. He goes, oh. Oh, I knew this would come up. What's going to happen here? And the partner goes, look, I didn't really like that subject either, so well done on getting through with the bare minimum. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't get that same response, I must say, in my summer clerk interviews with 51. I did have a comment at another firm that said, well, can you explain how your arts marks are so good but your law marks are so, well, they're crap, aren't they? <laughs> and I, I, I didn't quite know how to respond to that, um, but I ended up saying, well, I, you know, I... I'm not sure I'd describe them that way. I, I might say solid, trending upwards. Uh, and anyway, <laughs> it was good. enough to get through, so there you go. That's a very good spin. I know. I learned it early. The political world may need you right now. Oh, right now. <laughs> <laughs> and how about you, Trish? Tell us a bit more about your um, pathway to Allens and the the journey to being here today in this podcasting room. Uh, well, I, I came through the clerkship program as well a couple of, a couple of years ago, and um, I – I sort of uh, came to law late in the university studies. I, I did engineering first and uh, was was going to go down that path for a long time. But as as anyone from a, a New South Wales university will know, you know, your last two years are law years. And in those years, I got very, very interested in the legal side and, and therefore pursued a, a clerkship and, and sort of came down this path. And uh, it's it's been quite good because ending up in the projects team, I've, I've had a chance to sort of, you know, do the legal stuff, do the legal work for engineering projects and major infrastructure and stuff. So it's a good sort of marrying the two interests. So um, I think I've ended up in the right spot. Yeah, it sounds like it. But it had a fancy name, right, the, the engineering degree? Yeah, look, it's a um, little bit of software, a little bit of mechanical, sort of ro focused on robotics, a uh, little bit of everything, master of nothing. So another aspect, I guess, of Alan's at the moment was we're chatting a lot about innovation and both of you have a bit of firsthand experience with innovation just broadly. Maybe we can chat about it and your experiences um, at the firm. And Tridge, I know we were talking the other day and you sort of highlighted that you've been able to be on the ground doing these projects and it's sort of not happening yeah. at a really senior level that's a bit abstract from junior lawyers. Yeah, look, um, what I've found over the last two years or so is that um, there's, there's a lot of opportunities to get involved as a junior. Uh, my my first sort of foray into the area was the UTS uh, Law Tech Challenge, which which we run with UTS. We pair up an Allen's lawyer with um, a couple of students, and and they go and deliver a, a sort of a legal tech solution for a pro bono uh, client. Uh, my team worked with uh, the Refugee Advice and Casebook Service, or RACS, and we built a sort of a little module which asked questions and populated government forms for uh, visa applications and things like that. Um, as it happens, after we finished the module, the government form changed. So we're in, we're exploring options for updating that app and, and rolling it out again. But, uh, it was a really good experience, both working again with, you know, a student team with diverse 
um, skill sets, uh, but then also working sort of one-on-one with a pro bono client to develop like a legal tech solution. So that was that was really good. And I've had the chance to uh, take the stuff I learned through that process and apply it to matter work within my team and within uh, my day-to-day work, which has been really cool to sort of see. Well, I, f- I think that's, that is really cool. Um, interesting fun fact, one of our graduates is actually on the RAC's uh, television advertisement on SBS. Just really? Saying. Yeah, she is. Wow. Um, Which will also pop up in your Facebook feed every now and again. It you, will. It will. That's open. right. But I was going to say innovation and television. <laughs> yeah, Are we what? still watching that? <laughs> yeah, well, thank you. Uh, let me just turn off my wireless while I answer that question. <laughs> um, but, Anthony, I think what I – two things about what you've just explained that. What, one is that your introduction to innovation at Allen's was through the Law Tech Challenge. And innovation is often about technology, but it isn't always. And I'll come back to that because I think innovation Mm. is really about doing things differently Mm. that produces a better result. It's better either because you've taken away a roadblock to make working easier within within your working environment or because you're doing something differently that delivers something to the client in a way that is better for the client. Mm. And that might be as simple as transforming the way that we deliver advice. Does it have to be pages of written advice? Could it be something else? Mm. But, of course, innovation often is technology. And one of the really important things that I think everybody needs to understand is that in order to have an effective and good workplace, you actually need to have the physical workplace, um, a culture that encourages um an ease of working and an ease of delivering what you need to do. And of course, the digital element of the workplace. So it really is those three things. And all of those things really need to work together. So one of the things that I like about thinking about innovation here is that there isn't one home of innovation. We don't just say, oh, well, here's someone who's head of innovation. So that's what they're going to do. We do have a head of innovation. We also have a, a really big in-house uh, law lab and alternative legal technologies team. And they have lots of technical expertise in the legal, um, the legal culture. But they're not the, necessarily the only people who have a ticket on innovation. And I kind of like the way that there's a democracy to innovation here. Mm. I think if you have a good idea, then you need a sponsor for that idea to facilitate access to develop it. And I think there's also an opportunity, and this comes back to the kind of cultural element, there should be an opportunity to fail. There should be an opportunity to say, well, that was a good idea, but it didn't really work. Or sometimes it got overtaken by something else. And that's okay too. Mm. Um, my experience in my own group is that there are several people who have come up with a great idea. My job really was to facilitate that idea to, to grow and have a bit of a bit of a practice, see if it works. Um, and then to kind of release it into the wilderness. You know, I think it's, I, I think that's, the exciting part about innovation. Mm. And then I think having a culture where you say, well, why don't you share that with the rest of the team? Why don't you spend five minutes the next time we get together um, and say, well, what I did last week to communicate to this client was this. And look, we can all do that. So it's a democracy in saying anyone can come up with a better idea and it's a democracy in saying and it's better if we share that better idea. That's what I like about it. And I think what 
you will you see that panning out in in the sort of projects that we are pursuing uh both both within the the projects and major development team uh, which we're both part of um but also more broadly between practice groups around the firm so in the projects team, we worked on the container deposit scheme recently where we built an online platform to coordinate a large volume of documents and correspondence from soft drink suppliers from all over the state. Um, and we have now taken that online platform and iterated it in the banking finance team to uh, adapt it for a completely different kind of transaction. And, and that's a, sort of an ongoing project. And is that kind of uh, sharing of ideas and uh, building on each other's thoughts and, and finding different applications in different groups for you know similar technologies or similar working styles and I think that's it's that sort of back and forth which yes. is which is really exciting. Look, I agree, and I think iteration is the word there because the app that I was most closely uh, aligned to is Redder, and Redder is a real estate due diligence app. And essentially, it started as my frustration saying, for heaven's sake, there has to be a better way of doing real estate due diligence than the way that I've done it for 20 years, which is essentially a piece of paper, a red pen and a dictaphone. I know I'll explain dictaphones later, but that's <laughs> that, that's how it used to be done for years. And I, I, I was frustrated. It takes time. Clients don't want to pay that much money. And, of course, you just watched the light deaden in the eyes of <laughs> graduates who had to do this atrocity of a of a method. Of but not learning. anymore. Not anymore. Because <laughs> what I I actually approached um ALT and said there must be a better way. Can we not, you know, um digitize some of this stuff? So we started working essentially with me emptying out my brain into an app. And that didn't take very long, unfortunately, but then we built up the app a little bit more. But um, but then, and, and that was the core of it. The core of it was making the review itself easier. But then um, our team in ALT was able to connect it to two other uh, applications to use augmented intelligence, to use AI, to help populate uh, the summary of the document we were reviewing and then push it through a collaboration site, which is similar to the site that mm. you were using mm. for the container terminal thing. And, and then sitting behind that. So the client saw the collaboration site and saw the result, but sitting behind that was all the reporting that had happened a lot more, um, automatically than these poor graduates sitting there with a pile of leases. So I think that did two things. First of all, it made it quicker and cheaper. And second, it actually meant that our graduates weren't doing, weren't in the weeds doing all that review. Mm. They were instead sitting above the weeds and able to start to see patterns. They were starting to see what the strategic direction of that review was taking and what they could do with it. So I think it's as soon as they can start communicating directly to clients about it and understanding the strategy behind a review, what's that for, suddenly the light goes on and suddenly lawyers at a much earlier stage in their career are doing law mm. instead of doing document review. And I think that and that iteration of developing that um, has been great not only for clients but also for uh, lawyers. And, of course, lawyers like you also say, well, that's all fine so far as it goes. Now how do I apply it here? How do I change that? How do I, how do I automate document production using a similar kind of app? I love that. Mm. And I think um- – that is, I mean, as a, as a junior, that's that's very attractive because it means that 
I, I have seen in my own work how I've spent more time project managing a matter rather than reviewing documents. I've spent more time on the phone with the client, going yeah. to client meetings. Yeah. Um, you can you can ask more intelligent questions of the partners and things like that, and you just you just learn a lot faster <laughs> as a result. Um, and uh, I think something that I've noticed over the last two years is that when I started out in the clerkship process, there, w- there was no talk about innovation. Really, it wasn't really a buzzword. That's it wasn't. True. It wasn't a. Bi- it wasn't on anyone's radars a couple of years ago. But what I did notice about Allen's and what attracted me to the firm in the first place was that we we work very horizontally. We don't really work in in silos. Mm. Um, obvi- obviously, you know, you will you might end up doing a good chunk of your work for one partner, but you will work for multiple partners. And I think. What's been evident over the last couple of years is as the innovation piece has come up, as the ALT team has sort of reached out into the rest of the firm, that horizontal collaborative working style has just been perfect. It's been enhanced, hasn't it? Yeah, I mean, I think that's the thing. The innovation paradigm. Yeah. I love that. That's (laughs) great. That was accidental. (laughs) No, no, we're going to keep that for sure. Um, Leave it in. But I think think that's exactly right because we do say, and I I can't, perhaps I'm, Kind of making Alan seem like it's some kind of anarchy, but it's it's not exactly. <laughs> but it is a kind of democracy. I don't think innovation. You know, there's not one. There's not one person who innovates. Exactly. Um, and I, I think it is that idea of if everyone is sitting in a culture that encourages people to focus on how do we do things in a different way, that's better. Um, then there's a kind of openness. There's a kind of open source innovation, I think, mm. and I, I, I like that as a as a style. And I think it's an easier way of working. And sometimes the innovation does need to be led, um, uh, let's say, from the top. Although I'm not sure about that, but from management, perhaps, where we say, well, how do we get rid of things that are impeding our ease of work? Can mm. we go through and get rid of those? Um, you know, the, the ghosts in the machine that just clutter up our working day. And everybody was able to participate in that. I thought that was excellent to get rid of a lot of that stuff. And then there's some quite focused things. You know, the Redder app was because there has to be a better way of doing this terrible job. Um, the container deposit thing was that's a lot of information. We have to corral a lot of horses and get them all pointing in the same direction to enable us to do this job. So how can we do that better? Mm. And I think it's it, it's all of those things. There's no one good idea. And often the role of a more senior person is to sponsor that good idea. It's yes. not to get in the way and it's not to say, well, hang on, that's not my idea, so it can't be that good. It's actually it's actually to sponsor that idea and say, well, what do we need to do next? How do we take it up next? I think that's exciting. I find it exciting too and I agree, particularly with the point about the democratisation that you brought up and the way that freeing up juniors to start doing legal work earlier and at the beginning of their career by innovating in the way that we've been talking about is really exciting. I remember the first time as a first-year graduate getting – a, a real advice to do, which was in the first sort of week or two Horrifying. that I came to Alan's. <laughs> well, you're right, terrifying. Um, and I immediately thought, oh, my God, this this is going to a real client who's going to really rely on this. I'd better get it right. But also sitting in there at my desk thinking, oh, my goodness, I'm being paid to think. Isn't that amazing? <laughs> and it was the most satisfying feeling. And 
so that's where I'm, I sort of wonder actually, Victoria, what, if there's anything that you've noticed really change over the course of the last couple of years as these sorts of democratic innovation efforts have been happening, because to me, that's just how it has always been at Allen's. And I imagine <laughs> that, um, it's not always been the case that that's how it has worked. <laughs> no, it hasn't always been the case. Um, I, I, I really am going to date myself here. <laughs> when I started at Allen's, um, Lawyers didn't have uh, computers on their desks, so our secretaries had the Honeywell green screen to do the word processing. Uh, when computers, it was just after I started as a graduate, when computers did start to proliferate on desks, the first desks they they sat on were partners' desks, which I thought was hilarious because the partners certainly didn't do any typing um, and they didn't really know how to send an email because email was pretty new in those days. So we, the graduate solicitors, who were the ones who always got put to the bottom of the pile on the typing pool, um, were begging to get a computer so we could type our own dear sir letter. I mean, it was really, that was <laughs> that. Was that. Uh, but in fact, uh, we moved very quickly from that. And I, I think what's interesting to me is that the, the rate of change is so quick. Um, the idea that you have a powerful computer in your pocket, in your phone, the idea that you can log into, uh, learning at work from your phone, on the bus or at home or that you can work effectively in the back of a taxi on a laptop that 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 is exciting now that's that's making work easier and that is really exciting but one of the reasons why it works really well is not just because of the technology i think but because you know the way that people use it and now, if I can sound really old and patronising, <laughs> I will say because of the way that young people use it, because of the way that you do, the way that you say, well, it's always been like that for me. I've always been able to use technology wherever I go. I've always been able to understand how to log in remotely. Well, I remember when you couldn't. So I, I have learned a lot from the way in which our Graduates, our summer clerks, our graduates and our associates in particular use technology smartly. And because you're all globally connected, you're all thinking about how what you do is connected to what other people do around the world. That is a great thing to learn about. That is a great thing for people like me, Generation X, to recognize that that connectivity, that way of sharing information, that democratization of information is part of how you communicate. It didn't used to be part of how Generation X communicated. So I think we have learned a lot from the way that you can use technology and the way that you connect to each other. I think it's fantastic. Um, we think so too, <laughs> especially if it means we get out of doing doc review. Um, well, thanks both. This has been really interesting to hear your views on innovation and to see, you know, where the firm is taking that. What we would like to ask just before we wrap up is if you could give yourself a piece of advice at the start of your career, what would it have been? Or what would you have liked to have heard? Well, Tridge, at the start of your career is earlier than, you know, more So, so, so mine, my, my so memory is, is, is fresher Mine's perhaps. clouded with yeah. age. Um, well, I think the biggest thing, and then this is something I try to encourage, uh, you know, our applicants that I'm, I'm a buddy for as part of the recruitment process yeah. and things, is, is ask 
all your questions, uh, maybe not of the partner, but of, <laughs> we don't of mind. if you're given a mentor, <laughs> if you've got someone you know who's in a law firm, you know, ask the questions early and because the more you know about a place and whether it's a place where you can, you know, explore your interests, get strong um, technical training, um, the better place you're going to be to know if you're going to succeed at that place and if that place is the right fit for you. Um, Alan's was certainly the right fit for me. Um, I think it's the right fit for a lot of people. Uh, <laughs> but I think that's important about fit, isn't it? Because, you know, why I ended up at Alan's because some of my friends were here and I kind of said, oh, well, if Alan's is employing those types of people who are different from me and they're employing me, that's good because it means there's a whole lot of different sorts of people there. So I think the idea of saying I need to go somewhere where I feel um, at home, mm. I feel that I'm going to be, you know, with my people, I think that's a good thing. <laughs> but you can only you – can't, you can't really find that out from a website. You actually do need to do yeah, exactly go what and, you're saying. Or maybe you can find that out from a podcast. <laughs> oh, quite possibly, quite possibly. Uh, but, yeah, so listen to the – them listen off to- with this podcast. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, so listen to the podcasts, but then, you know, don't be, don't be shy about asking questions. Yeah. It doesn't, it doesn't show that you haven't done the research. Uh, you know, it just shows that you're, you're engaged and you're interested in where you're going to work and, and finding out what, what's right for you and, and what, what the future might hold. So, um, ask questions early. Well, that's a really good idea. I, I agree with that. The advice I would give to myself, if we go back to the beginning of this podcast, I mentioned that maybe real property wasn't my best subject at university and therefore I had closed my mind to the idea of it. In fact, I thought I was going to be a litigator and I tried pretty hard for a couple of years to get into litigation. But the firm didn't have a need for extra junior litigators. They needed someone in in property and then they needed someone in M&A. So Actually, it took me a couple of years to open up my mind to what, in fact, I could learn in being rotated through those practice areas. So this is old school advice, but I would say you do want to come to a new challenge like starting work at Allen's. You want to come to that new challenge with an open mind. You don't really know what it's going to be like until you get into it. And to my absolute surprise, I have found the area that I really enjoy practicing in. I have found the work I love to do and I have found the place where I feel I can um, connect with people most. I enjoy negotiating. I enjoy working with clients. I enjoy working with a team. And I found that in real estate and development against all my better judgments. So there you go. Oh, that's great. Yeah. No, thank you both so much for your time and for all of the insight you've given us and hopefully our listeners. So uh, I guess we'll just wrap it up. <laughs> thanks very much. Yeah, thanks, pleasure. guys. Thank you. Cheers. So that brings us to the end of another wonderful episode of Alan's Confidential and I hope you enjoyed listening to it as much as we enjoyed recording it and having a chat with some of the wonderful people that we work with. Uh, don't forget if you like the podcast, please subscribe. Feel free to chuck us a nice review, only nice reviews, please. And, you know, feel free to share it with people if you think they'll get a kick out of it. So we hope you'll listen again soon and we look forward to chatting again.